Albert Serra has been called one of the most radical and singular filmmakers working today. Born in Banuelos, Spain, he studied literature and art history at Barcelona University. In 2006, he wrote, directed, and produced his first feature film, Honor of the Knights, followed by Birdsong. Both were selected for the director's fortnight at Cannes, France. In 2010, he made Els Noms de Christ before directing, a year later, El Señor Afet en Mi Maravillas for the exhibition Correspondencias at Barcelona. He is best known for his films Story of My Death and The Death of Louis XIV, starring Jean-Pierre Leo. His most recent feature film, Liberté, explores libertinism at the time of the French Revolution. Sarah, welcome to the creative process. Uh, you're just in New York now for a screening of one of your recent films. I was wondering if you'd like to speak about that and some of your uh, recent filming projects in Portugal. Well, this film, it was a very interesting uh, thing because it was not supposed to be a, a film. I mean, it was, I was there and I decided to shoot with just one camera in a very random way, but without the idea of, you know, shooting a f something that it will be a film afterwards. So this was very common with my, all my works, but obviously here it's very exaggerated. The idea of not putting any kind of meaning mm -hmm. at the beginning or trying to destroy all the meanings I had in my mind when I started the process of shooting a film or thinking about the film, here was super exaggerated because it was simple. There was no, no, no idea of making a film. We just shoot one camera and then we got starting analyzing the images just by, uh, by fun, to have some fun to see. And then we realized that the images start to speak by themselves, you know, start to discover some interesting things that we never had the idea of putting these interesting things inside the images. So we decided to make a film after the shooting. Right. This is a quite a you know, shocking point of view to decide to make a film after having shot it, you know, because no, 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 no there was no goal, no, no idea of, of making a film. But I think it's a nice metaphor about the way I work. You know, what is very common in cinema because uh, as the money involved, it's uh, huge in general. And you know, in order to be safe, uh, people you know, start to articulate or create already, you know, some kind of dramaturgic or, you know, articulate some clear you know, ideas uh, for the film. Because if not, it's too risky and you can be, you know, inside the cows and without the film at the end. But here, you know, it was not my case. I have been also quite brave at this sense, accepting this risk. But here it was totally, I mean, insane and absurd even because you know the film started to exist after the shooting so but it's it's related to your previous films I yeah think. yeah uh, the, the death yeah yeah because it was uh, the, the, the death of Lee 14 should be a performance too at the yeah. beginning and it was cancelled in the Pompidou Museum at the end was ah, yes. cancelled mm -hmm. so I don't know it was after the film that I decided I don't know I was in a gallery in Lisbon and they said ah you have to do something here it's a nice place and I like the architecture of the place mm -hmm. that you know there were two levels and like with a hole in the middle so from the from the top you could from the first no uh, from the first uh, the, the top level you, you could uh, see what's going on downstairs and, uh, you know, I like the idea of, of this kind of observation. That it's not, you know, a fair observation, that it's like, you know, uh, uh, this kind of superiority, you know, mm -hmm. you have when you are up and, you know, the object of your observation is downstairs. Mm -hmm. And you feel like if you, you know, there is a hierarchy uh, mm -hmm. and uh, there's no, no innocence in the kind of observation we, we started. And, you know, this transform this idea, transform a little bit this king, because it's like, Looks like that he represents the role of Louis XIV. Uh, it uh, looked like you know he became he started to 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 behave a little bit because there was nothing on the floor. So I decided to lie him down on the on the floor. There was no furniture, no bed, no nothing. So I decided to lie him down. So he transformed gradually because I think this hierarchy on the point of view that was quite violent in a, in an animal almost. You know, it was real, was really uh, you know in the middle of you know uh, a king that it's transforming an animal in a very easy way. You have to see the images to check it. I can yeah. send you the link. If you want. Yes, I, I've seen, I didn't see it in that screening, but I was able to yeah. see some. Uh, it's interesting because 
you you use these words that are very important to you. Talk about innocence, um, you know, the hierarchy, this point of view. I find it very fascinating as you approach many of these subjects that we think that we know: Louis XIV, yeah. Casanova, Dracula, even the figures around Jesus. That's not the yeah. Jesus story. We, you're you're taking us outside of the frame yeah. and showing us their vulnerabilities or their death. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're vulnerabilities, but they. I don't know, I try to put it in a uncomfortable, you know, in a comfortable place mm -hmm. inside the, the, you know, the classic iconography or the classic, uh, so, you know, in an inadequate, inadequate place, you know. Mm -hmm. It's what I like with the actors, too, that it's not perfect, that, they, that not all the elements of the film go in the same core and direction, you know, mm -hmm. that there is something that it's not very clear. And uh, I do it with all subjects, you know, and it's more funny because if not, you know, if you try to, because if not, you will be trying to develop some ideas mm -hmm. that you already have in mind about what you want to say or what you want to show mm -hmm. about the, the, the concrete subject. But I don't have, an, I don't have any idea mm -hmm. of what I want to say or what I want to show. So for me, the process of the shooting is, you know, just to, uh, you know, just to create images that will, will have some inner and uh, I don't know, inner and interest or content inside. But mm -hmm. uh, there is no, there is nothing from my own uh, coming. From before the process of the shooting, even after you, the editing, yeah. But, yeah. In the editing, yes, but maybe then, then mm -hmm. uh, I started to, you know. But it's, I, I think that I am not there. I am never there because mm -hmm. before I don't have any idea. You know, it's just a conceptual approach, just to set up, you know, the subject of the film, the the casting, and the how, you no, know, the, the the technical crew and how we will proceed. Maybe mm -hmm. the the place where we will shoot, but that's mm -hmm. all my intervention. Especially the casting, it's very important. But afterwards, well, it's the cause of the shooting where I try to, you know, mm -hmm. not interfere a lot and try to that the, the images are created by themselves, you know, they grow up like a plant or like a, you know, a natural mm -hmm. process. And then uh, here I, I disappear, you know, since mm -hmm. the beginning. And then on the edit, I am there very consciously, but also disappearing because my methodology is based on a scientific approach to images. So mm -hmm. it's very analytical. Mm -hmm. uh, my taste, you know, at the beginning, maybe at the beginning of the edit, can have. Can have a role, can play a role there, and choosing some my favorite things. But it's almost analytical. It's almost really scientific. Of which is the best film we can get from the images we already shoot, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, when you have a lot of experience and you are, you really have the time and the will to spend a lot of time, you know, trying to solve this <laughs> scientific problem of which is the best film with the images we already shoot. It, you know, then you know, it's it's not about me. It's about you know this scientific process. And, so uh, I don't think I interfere a lot in the film except at the beginning in the choosing of the casting. Okay, then there is some kind of violent uh, things that uh, it's very when you deal with the group creation or no, a collective mm -hmm. group creation or no, a group of people because it's cinema you know, it, it involves a lot of people you know. Mm -hmm. Shooting were always 40, 45 people, so it's always like that you know, never less than 20, 25. Sure. So uh, then there is obviously some kind of human relations, no? Yes. And, and then there is something violent because of my methodology that it's always based on non-communication. This, uh, you know, creates some tension and some violent moments and so it's a paradox because on my shooting because I am very, how to say, how to put it, you know, I am very, I am a bad person in some sense. So, uh, you know, very... You're a provocateur. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, just to provoke but to create something, you know, to, to, you know, to make things happen. I don't know in which way, but mm. just to remove, you know, just to... You know, mix to stir them so yeah, they're alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but then it's a mix of innocence too. So mm -hmm. it's a very strange. I never found, you know, and anybody else that can have this in the personality that can hold, you know, this super, you know, being super passionate and super, you know, humble and modest when it's on the analytical side of, you know, really mm -hmm. uh, f uh, discovering which is the best film, even you know, apart from my taste, apart from everything, everything really, you know, in a very analytical and very intellectual, you know, formalist mood. But at the same time, this very chaotic and, you know, linked with life process of the shooting, non-communication, and where the hierarchy and uh, and a lot of conflicts appear, you know, in a maybe sometimes in a more <laughs> hidden way, but uh, sometimes in a more open way. But it, but it's also normal with actors, you know, there is some tension. For example, it was nice this shooting at finish, you know, because in Portugal, just now. Yes, yes, because the subject is about desire, it's about sexuality, you know, mm -hmm. it's about libertines in the 18th century, and there was some scenes of explicit sex in oh, yes. the, the film, so... That's difficult with non-professional actors? No, it was not difficult, uh, it was not difficult, but it was difficult, what is difficult was because it was really based on, on the, some libertine text on the 18th century, yes. you know, 
and we can think, you know, the most typical one, the Marquis de Sade. Mm -hmm. uh, and then here, okay, you know, nowadays with the, this Me Too thing and all it's the young people that, you know, mm -hmm. they link uh, sexuality and desire with rights, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to the right of you this. You just sign a contract before yeah, you have a you coffee have the with right someone. right of not being importunated or the right yeah. of not being, or the, you know, uh -huh. the, you know, avoiding any kind of, you know, invasion or risk or whatever. But, you know, it's totally the opposite, you know, this idea of sexuality based on rights. You know, it's totally the opposite of the Marquis de Sade idea, that it's based on violence and, and desire going farther and farther and farther until the, I don't know, the totalitarianism, totalitarianism of desire. You yes, know, that, their sense of liberty and rights yeah, is different, completely. Yeah. But, but this idea of totalitarianism of desire, you know, that goes mm -hmm. farther even going through crime or through mm -hmm. just to satisfy desire that, you know, needs to, to be filled every time with, you know, more, you know, more pervert and sophisticated, you know, content. So this idea is really shocking and it's subversive still nowadays. But obviously it's, it puts a real, real big, incredible contrast mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, the sensibility of the young people, or not even young, but the normal people mm -hmm. nowadays, you know, because of this contemporary. Uh, yeah, all these contemporary, you know, subjects we have from on the table. So uh, it was very really strange, you know, to, to see mm -hmm. how these, you know, how the people can accept uh, this idea of desire lift as in, a, you know, in the world of Marcus de Sato, and then, you know, have their real life, you know, think about totally the opposite. And for me, it's I don't understand. So as I look at the subjects you've chosen, I mean, Marquis de Sade or uh, Casanova, you know, why are you choosing those particular... I don't know, I like them. Yes. But I, I, I don't know, I don't... I don't, it's by chance. I never choose on the subjects of my films. It's never me. So it's mm -hmm. somebody else always, or it's the chance. Or, for example, this Libertine thing, yes. it comes from a theater piece I did in the Volksbühne mm -hmm. in Berlin at the beginning oh, of yes. the year. You yes, know, I it's saw an, that. Yes. Yeah, it's an adaptation of this. And But, you know, I proposed because the theater asked me, the director, to do to do some things and to say, uh, what do you want? Just to, we should work together. We should yeah. do something. Just, you know, do you have an idea? Mm -hmm. And obviously I submit three ideas, okay. four ideas. Three were contemporary, mm -hmm. and just one that was, you know, not contemporary, it was a period idea mm -hmm. based on libertinized 18th century France, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, because of program reasons, I imagine, on that program, they decided, because they don't have any other kind of, you know, historical mm -hmm. uh, subject or whatever, and they decided to go for the, for the, for the period uh, subject. Right. But I had three contemporary ideas. Right. So it was not me who decided to go again, you know, with this Marquis. Obviously, this choice was on the one of the four. But mm -hmm. I mean, I was not particularly, you know, obsessed or interested mm -hmm. to do this, this, uh, this uh, piece with this subject. So I had three other more. I don't know. And also, when I asked, um, I always ask the people around me to, to decide, who, to decide what we have to do. You know, we have two or three ideas, and then I said we will do this, this, or this. And, and then also the practical reasons, you know, that push in one direction or another one. Well, it's very interesting because, as I what I understand, you have this fascinating working method, which you said was really enabled by digital filmmaking. And yet, it's interesting. I, I thought that your choice of historical subject matter was had something to do with your treatment of time. I thought, oh, it's yeah. more it's more appropriate perhaps to yeah. to do films in that Could period. Be. Well, it's also very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, your film, your your whole even if they're not preconceived images, they're so, they're so beautiful. Yeah. And I would see that's beauty, it seems, well, to me, because I'm, I don't know, I have a, a kind of, a, not a nostalgic view, but it seems easier to make beauty just set right. during those periods. I yeah, like so you had some painting, no? You are doing some paintings. No? Yes, I'm a, a painter, yes. Uh, paintings, you know, yeah. also with some classical resonance, no? Yes. Sometimes and, uh, also some symbolist or, you know, some... Yes, thank you. And I do the portraits for each interview. I do portraits, but oh, yeah. yeah, yes, I do. I saw you did uh, Lucian Freud and ah yes. Yeah, and another one I saw uh, there is a bacon in one of the pictures yes. inside the one of the exhibition. Because uh -huh. recently I read to very uh -huh. nice. Well, this one of Lucian Freud Breakfast with Lucian that is very interesting. Ah yes. Book, you know it appeared recently two or three years ago, and uh -huh. most recently I read one that I recommend you that it's bacon oh, in your root. Blood. Blood. Oh, yes. It's uh, by Michael Pepiot, and it's a credit. Okay. It has a, it appeared last year, but it's very funny. He decided until he wrote this book that is more personal and it's based mm -hmm. on old encounters at night, and you know, it's very lively. Would you like to do a film on Bacon? Because he seems like in the lineage. No, I don't know. Yes, but I like to read it. And yeah. It's, it was very it's a moving person. It was a moving person. Uh -huh. In fact, when I finished the the book, it was so sad because you know some, something somebody was missing. Yeah. <laughs> was um, very, was one of the saddest days of the recent years, maybe. Well, no, he's so vivid and he's so articulate about his process. And yeah. if I don't mind saying, maybe why you are drawn to him as well, and I see kind of through lines with some of the other subjects you've treated, is that he did also he was a kind of provocateur as well, as I understand it, yeah. his personal relationships. 
Um, yeah, well, and it, it was the CEO and Betty, you know, two two of the guys committed yes. suicide. Yes, and the on the boyfriend, yes. one one in the, the day of the exhibition yes. at the at the Tate Modern, and yes. the other one at the day of the the, the grand exhibition at the Pompidou Museum, Mondeau, twenty yeah. or ten or fifteen or twenty years after. Yes, I think they even hid, they concealed the death so that they could have. Yeah. it's like a bit. But it's very strange, you know. So your work, I'm just thinking of your your methods and and how you you were talking about how you choose actors and also how you choose. Oh no, they're not actors. I guess I don't know what you like to call them. I like. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, you can call them actors. What I mean, no. sometimes it's non-professional actors or people yeah. that never act. I don't care now because you know my system is so crazy and so violent that mm -hmm. even actors there, you know, mm -hmm. all their professional knowledge is useless. Mm -hmm. You know, they are totally annihilated at the same level with non-professionals because you know. The way we shoot it, so it's, it's so crazy that uh, there is no possibility of that uh, your knowledge can be useful in any direction. You know, it's for so for me there is no difference. Mm -hmm. Only difference is that actors in general, professionals, are more idiots. So mm -hmm. I don't like them as human beings in general. Or dealing with the ego or dealing yes. with their feeling, yeah. Yeah, the ego, sort of egocentric thing. I don't like. Mm -hmm. And it's very strange because even when you mix, you know, it has to be very pure people or very strange people. But even you know the most people that look like reluctant at the beginning to be mm -hmm. you know to be absorbed by this ambient psychological mm -hmm. ambience of actors, people that never act. For example, in my last film, you know when they merge, you know not the first day, but you know at the day number ten or twelve, they start to behave like a professional actor. They start to you know yeah. it changes. Up, yeah, pick up some of the you know the almost horrible things. You know. And so they, can you like hide your if you hide your camera some way? It's the thing that they can. They're not sure where the camera's coming from. Is that understand? Yeah, they they yeah. see, but they they lose the the interest on the cameras because there is always three and there is yeah. moving so, so if you hide it does that help no, no not hide not hide yeah. what, what do you mean with hiding um, like if you hide it then they like it they feel like no, does that not, help not hide them, but they are all the time there there are three they are moving yes. they have the autonomy the freedom to, to change all the time even during the mm -hmm. the, the shot the, 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 you know they can do whatever they want the camera operator so they are not hiding but at the same time you know, you 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 cannot be focused on what they are doing because it's three moving and you lose the, yeah. so you lose any interest on on trying to. When you have three moving, when you have one single camera, this is important. You you will give some, you know, you will naturally you will try to offer mm -hmm. something to the camera. You know, there yeah. is a you know a psychological rapport no between you and the camera. There is a you know physical. Uh, but when you have three moving, then you don't have any kind of structure on the space or on the, you know, on the direction, physical, I mean, where you have to deliver or offer something to the camera. So then, okay, then the actors became more introspective because they cannot project this in a concrete, you know, physical direction because they lost the, 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 the X of the, of the camera. You yeah. know? So then it's more interesting, you know, because it's, and it's, it's one of the things that start to be a little bit more violent because, you know, it's, it's really pure because... No, then they put everything inside, and when it's inside and not offering directly to the camera, you know, it can go out in a, you know, nobody knows in which direction or for or against what, mm -hmm. and these uh, you know, you know, when uh, manipulation plays a role, plays a big role, try to you know to, to pulse, no, mm -hmm. this content that you know in a normal shooting will be already you know delivered with some kind of order to the camera mm -hmm. physically, one single camera, one shot, they know what they are shooting, that so. But here, no, so it's more, it can, you know, appear, you don't know where and why. Yeah, this content, because the content inevitably is there, because more or less the actors are thinking about what they are doing, or thinking about the characters, or thinking about the fiction we are building, so, you know, this fictional content is there, inevitably. Yeah. And, but it's, sim it's simply that you cannot not predict in which direction he will exploit, or it will... You're teaching them to relax. Are there any kind of... I mean, I imagine it changes from film to film, day to day, but there are any kind of things that you do to get them to that state of relaxation, besides the having the cameras like that? To try to make them drink. <laughs> yes? Okay. The most useful thing. Not everybody, but almost. Oh, right. Depends, because there is some... Depends. Mm -hmm. But this is a good uh, solution. Mm -hmm. Except when there is difficult dialogues or you know more complex things that has to be developed, or sometimes because there is some gals or some you know weaker people physically, that if they drink you know they st they start to behave in a weaker way, not in a stronger way. And are you all living together with uh, yes. when during the filming? 
that's it's possible. Yeah. Sometimes, for example, this time, you know, because we decided to shoot the film at the very, in Portugal at the very end of mm -hmm. the... So we couldn't find hotels in the same hotel for everybody, and the crew was huge this time. It was around 48 people, 40, 48, 50 people. So uh, we couldn't stay all in the... But I try to be with actors, or the actors I like. Mm -hmm. I try to be at the same place. All right. I try to not be in the same place of the actors I don't like. Oh, right. Or you sometimes separate them so that to get a kind I of prefer conflict? to be everybody together, but if yeah. you have to separate, I keep the ones I like with me. <laughs> right. And the ones I dislike, you know, it could be another place. Also yeah. with the technicians, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's a privilege, you know, of, uh, of doing this kind of films, you know. You can react not in a professional way. You can, you know, take decisions in a personal way. Yeah. You know, I think it's the key point. It's like if you are a writer, you know, you don't, you don't think... Um, how technically, you know, well written will be, you know, a chapter or whatever, you know, you simply follow your intuition and your personal taste, you know, you're not focused, you know, the, these are rife afterwards, you know, that think technically, when you already have a base, you have already written something, I'm talking about fiction, then, okay, then, okay, you can, you can start thinking, but, you know, the, the, the magma of, of the content is already there. Your personal voice, yeah. yeah. Your voice, your, your, yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. So I try to, to behave in the same way. It's difficult because, as I said, you know, cinema it's money and people want to be safe and, you know, it's risky mm -hmm. and when it's uh, writing it's risky, yeah. but you risk your time or, you you know, your self-confidence. Paper you and pen, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. self-confidence, but you don't risk anything else. But here you risk a lot of things and mm -hmm. if you are the leader, you have to, you know, try to attract the people in the, you know, in the, put the people in the good mood and uh, it's complicated. So people prefer to create, uh, you know, some kind of technical basis that are very solid but then this uh, kills creativity because when the technical basis is established since the very beginning, I think that you know it's very difficult to escape, to mm -hmm. escape to the to this uh, tyranny of the technical side, you know, and uh, just because you know you think that it's the guarantee of being safe uh, aesthetically, mm -hmm. and you you get uh, addict to this safety, and uh, you know it's uh, it's like a crazy guy, you know, that gets addict to being crazy. It's a balance, but I try to not to get uh, to to be addict to the safety. I'm Taya Paradovic, an undergraduate student from DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois. I'm an associate podcast producer and interviewer for the creative process, seeking to discover the various ways creativity and the humanities are approached across perspectives across the world. As a communication studies and Spanish student, I was intrigued to hear about Albert Serra's methodology being based on non-communication elaborating on his aim to create a feeling of tension on his sets. It's been inspiring to hear Sarah's process of shooting his films. The way he follows his intuition seems to allow the unpredictable notions of non-communication to play out in the present moment. I found it interesting when Sarah said a big part of his creative process involved avoiding the search for meaning at the beginning of his projects because of how it would close off the option to embark on whatever journey his creativity takes him toward. In my case, I've had a website in the works for over a year, an attempt to create a unique platform for sharing experiences abroad and spurring conversation around cultural competency. I've noticed that what has held me back the most has been my need to strategize, assuming that if my creative vision is clear from the start, the journey toward creating a successful website will be easier. However, the concept of having a clear vision can be extremely ambiguous, with potential to last for eternity until defined by action. I could relate to how Sarah said maintaining a technical basis toward creativity kills creativity and promotes an illusion of aesthetic safety. Curating my own website has allowed me to notice the ways in which my creativity has been confined by the strict guidelines I create and pressure I put on myself when I don't allow my creative intuition to guide my work. My intentions are focused on the end result rather than the process. In the future, I will emphasize my focus on letting my guard down and reevaluating my intentions. In the end, it's the process not the final product that makes the experience and outcome worthwhile. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with director Albert Serra. I admire what you've done. You make these beautiful films, and you make them at a low budget, and you're able to do that, I guess, because you give a lot of time as well in the editing process afterwards, I believe. Yes. Like, it could last over a year, year and yes. a half or something. And so I was wondering... 
I wanted to go back to something, because really you studied literature, and you yeah. meant brought up writing, uh, and I wondered how that prepared your mind, and why you decided to go into filmmaking from literature. Well, because that is, I think, the main important, you know, this is a big influence on, of literature, rejecting the idea of the script. You know, because the script, it's, it's not the film, it's just a scam, schematic ideas of what the film should be. But do you think that a writer writes a script of a novel before writing the novel? Mm -hmm. No. A writer doesn't write in a script of a novel before writing the novel. Yeah. It, it's a real-time process, you know? It's, what do you think? Oh, you start writing, maybe you have an idea of the subject, the characters, okay, you have this idea in mind, and you start writing a novel, you know? And you start writing, and, you know, it makes the characters, and your intuition, and, you know, and things grow up, you know, in real time. You know, it's not that you make a previous script of what you will write. No, it's, uh, you know, because there is something in the real time, in the intuition, that it's, it's you know, and it's like, you know, you, when you have a script, it means that you, you know how the film will be. But you can, have you, have you ever asked to a writer or a, a fiction writer, your next book will have 200 pages or 300 or 400 or 500? You know, they don't know when they start, if it will be a short or medium or it will be longer or maybe they have an idea, they have, but they don't know how long it will be, how complex it will be or how simple it will be. It's you sentence know. by sentence. Yeah, it's sentence okay. by sentence, the process of the, so this idea that they don't need a script mm -hmm. to write a novel, mm -hmm. so why do we should, no, this influenced me to the idea that I don't need a script to make a film. You know, it's a process, it's shot by shot, moment of life by moment of life, intuition by intuition, you know. I think that you are like this character, but then I just write some scenes if I was a writer with somebody else, and this works, and the things I like that works, you know, I put more of what works and less of, of what doesn't work, you know, and you, you, you create it this way. Yeah. So it's not that, you know, you did in a script and you simply uh, represent, no, illustrate the script yeah. Because the, the ideas are already there and the film is already for me it's nothingness. You know, it's a, and only literature can really teach you the way intuition, you know, plays a role and the way real time, you know, plays a role in the creation and you know, real people and the meeting your mind of you know how real people meet in fictional characters or how, you know, several characters, you know, have yeah. relations inside the fiction or outside, you know, and how all these things, you know, put it together can at the end create something coherent. But, you know, it's not because you think before and you wrote on a script without knowing the actors, without being having the experience of being in a set with the real people trying to create a fiction. You know, yeah. for me, this, was, this is impossible, and it never happened like that. And the influence of literature, I think, it's important at this level. And I think also the fact that you honor daily life yes. in the way that literature does. It's a celebration the, yeah. of that, yeah. you know, it's a celebration of life, in fact, yeah. you know, it's a, even if it's sad or dark or whatever, but in fact it's a, you know, it's a condensation, you know, in a, with a, a part of a reality with a lot of density. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to do it even if it looks that with cinema it's easier because, you know, it's very tautological, you know, what, what you are doing if you are shooting, it's already life and it's already art, you know. But uh, still, there is a, you know, this celebration of that. Uh, and for the reason, for example, this idea of celebration for me is very important, and I try not to not to repeat the scenes, you know. Mm -hmm. Even if I like something, I try to always to make variations and that just to shoot things that are unique every time, not to repeat. That every moment is like a performance in some sense, you know. It's not yes. uh, not reproducing ideas that already exist or not trying to repeat and reproduce some ideas. No, it's just a you know performance that okay by chance is recorded with cameras, three cameras, and maybe there is some sophistication behind because of my brain or whatever, but, you know, uh, you know it's the, the celebration of uh, every moment that it's unique, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, of some unique moments that you cannot find anywhere else in, in, in a different way doing the film. I thought it was fascinating, I heard you speak before about how you decided to become a filmmaker because you wanted, and it's very honest, you want your life not to be boring. Yeah, to have fun. It yes. was the main point. Yeah. But this, what the people don't know, and when I developed this in some masterclass a little longer, is that how this idea developed a methodology from mm -hmm. zero, mm -hmm. and, you know, create really, really 90% of the choices of my methodology. It's due, it's because of this, you know, this idea of having fun. And now I will not explain it here because it will take a long time. A long, sure. long time. But, you know, it's, it's really, it's not that... I don't know, it was just to have fun, like going to a bar or no. To, but I want to have fun, and uh, we are making films. How can we make films having potentially the maximum of fun? Yeah. This is the question. And then you start to create a methodology that only answers this question, or try to, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is totally crazy, it's totally insane, you know, because you know, usually, I don't know, people 
to start making films because you know they have a script or they want to write a script or they have a vision of something or they mm -hmm. I don't know. But, but they feel tense as they make it. They feel under pressure as they make it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, here, no, it was just to have fun. Right. But all the decisions was to was to do that. It's still mm -hmm. nowadays. You know, when I decide to go to Portugal, for example, to shoot, well, I find the schools that it was colder, and in France it was cold, and, but I didn't want to shoot with the people in France, so okay. uh, with two or three people I didn't like, and they, they should be there on the shooting all the time, right. so I decided how to get rid of them, and <laughs> the only way was ah. to, you know, move the fucking shooting into Portugal, ah. just to get rid of these people. <laughs> You know, and because I couldn't, because I knew that it would be more violent and difficult to say to the producer, I don't want this, 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 I don't want these three people. Uh, and so I decided that's that out. But just to have fun, because I knew that with these people we will not have fun. So, you know, and you cannot imagine how far we can go with this idea of having fun and, you know, how irrational or how, you know, strict uh, to do the idea of having fun <laughs> compulsory I can be and all the decisions we you know can, you know, be on this the same direction. You know, but it's, it's also, very radical. It is radical, but it's also contagious because, as you said, everything, uh, the traditional academic or um, money-driven way of making film or television is that everything is set up and everything is planned. Yeah. But you're right, when you relax your actors, it's in a way it's a close to, it's like between theatre as well. Yeah, but it's not yeah. relaxing, eh? it's a mix of relax relaxation and tension. Yeah, but I mean, when they, when they feel free, right? When they feel yeah, free. Yeah, it's a feeling of freedom, it's, it's maybe the right word. And they, it's contagious when you watch it because you can tell that you've you've created this kind of spirit yeah. of joy and freedom around them. Mm. And it's like watching someone laugh. You can tell when it's uh, forced or when it's that you're just getting back down to something essential. So it's it's very brave to do, and and I think it really communicates. Now I am a little bit jealous sometimes. I don't know in past times, you know, because you know this freedom, you know, because. I, uh, now I like to punish a little bit them because ah, they're still you know, free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know this freedom, this methodology of basically of the idea of having fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it was invented by me. Yeah. You know what? I, I I really risk a lot on doing this. Um, it could get wrong. Yeah. It could have gone uh, get got wrong, but you know it worked and. Then recently, people take it for granted, you know, because it's so easy, and I am so used to do this, and mm -hmm. it's so easy and fun, and they take it for granted in the sense that, you know, it's not if it was easy, but in fact it was not easy, you know, it was like, now it's easy, but it was a long process, psychological, uh, also risky on the money things issues, on the, because sure. of the production, a lot of decisions that were not clear at that moment. Even nowadays, some decisions are not clear, you know, when I decide to take to to, to, to move the whole shooting, I don't say anybody that it's for the reason. But, yeah. you know, uh, I move the whole shooting and it's risky decisions, you know. It's yeah. not easy because the producer, the French producer, that doesn't want to do it. The, 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 the Portuguese producer starts to have a lot of risk because, you know, he needs some more money to fulfill all the needs of the shooting because it's co-productions and you only have to, you only have to, you can have to pay what is, uh, what is done in your country every, you know. So it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, and it's, uh, at the beginning it's absurd. So people don't know it. They simply found at the end, the fun of shooting in Portugal and not in France. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they get the pleasure of the, the... But they never think, you know, all these previous uh, very hard decisions to take and very, um, very, I don't know, very difficult for a lot of people, not only me. But I am the only one that knows the right reason. So, and then they only find the result, that the result is that, oh, it's funny to shoot in Portugal because blah, 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 blah. Uh, I don't know. They take it for granted and they don't know the reason and they don't know the sacrifice behind, so I, I, I became a little bit jealous and mm -hmm. I, I want to punish them. So you want to be an actor in your own film so that you can enjoy yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, maybe. You're like the swan who looks relaxed but is paddling furiously underneath. I don't know, it's, it's getting darker, you know, yeah. the, some, the mood of some moments of the shooting. Mm. Maybe this and this was the the last the last shooting in Portugal was the well it was tense because this was the sexual you know subject and it's mm. always dark here right because it's you know the, there is no friendly when you talk about this totalitarianism of desire you know it's not a friendly mm -hmm. <laughs> a friendly thing I mean mm -hmm. you know and uh, you know and, and I wanted to to keep it alive this you know to try to avoiding any kind of you know humanistic approach to sexuality you know it was really really the whole film as you you will see. And it will be finished. It's you know about rejecting any kind of you know humanistic approach to sexuality. You know, it's mm -hmm. really really totalitarianism of desire. You know, and they are all the time you know just you know doing like dark things. You know, not not nothing. It's nice. Nothing. It's uh, I don't know. It's well, we'll but, see. But the performers, I imagine, it, 
enjoyed indulging things that they wouldn't in life. Yes, of yeah. course. No, this yeah. is part of the of the I don't know part of the game. Yes. And the funny side yes. of making films, you know, to be able to do things that you will never do in your real life. Mm -hmm. And it's true, but uh, I don't know. It's um, for me, it's not enough. Uh, if you want to indulge yourself in this, you know, when it, it has to have a little bit of consequences. Mm -hmm. Because if we look at Marquez de Sade, I mean, uh, we all agree that it's, you know, it's really subversive content, you know, mm -hmm. for the old values, you know, it's really like a Nietzschean, you know, uh, change of values, a you know, total change of values. So, well, I don't know, you know, you cannot simply do that as if it was like a joke or like a game, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, it should have a little bit of consequence, it should make you think, it should make you maybe, you know, take some decisions or change some things of your real life, maybe, I don't know. You would like audiences to feel that as they come no, away? No, the actors, no, the actors. I don't think that uh, artists can have this power to, mm -hmm. to, to one person, yes, to do persons, to yeah. people that feel inspired and as I was inspired by other artists, but I think that this way of affecting people is only for other artists or for the, you know, the young artists. Yeah. Uh, because if not, you know, it's very difficult to be affected by a, a film or by a novel, you know, as you describe. You know, if you are not an artist, if you yes. are yourself, you don't want to be really inspired by this to, to transform it and to create your own thing. But for the actors, I was talking about yeah. the actors. Eh? For the actors, I think that yes, I always expect that there will be some changes in their lives. So, and I like it. I like when they go decadent, you know, and you know because they try to do changes, but when the, the changes go wrong, <laughs> I yeah. like this. And because you know they were, it's like if they were, in some sense, you know, challenged or you know, motivated by the shooting or the violence of this new world they discovered, but then they didn't know how to deal with it, with this, mm -hmm. and they did it in a bad way, so all the decisions they took, inspired by the, the process of the shooting of the film, you know, were bad decisions, so. mm -hmm. and I like that. If you could just speak a little bit about your collaboration with a, a more professional, or, you know, actor, Jean-Pierre Léo. I like him, and I respect yeah. him as a person, as a human being, so, uh, for me it was the same that with non-professional actors, and he was crazy, so. There was no difference. Maybe at the beginning that uh, I had, or even during the whole shooting, I had uh, too, too much respect to him, you know, because, not because of his past, because I didn't care about that, but because maybe he was, uh, he is old, old, I don't know, because was not so closer that all the other people I have already in my, in my team since so long, long ago. But apart from this, that I think that I, I didn't push him in a, this violent or in a, this dark side as strongly as I did with other actors in the past or you know in the future I will do apart from this it was the same as, as all the other people you know I was I love him as a person so for me this is the main thing before now it's changing mm -hmm. because now I am doing abstraction of everything you know mm. uh, this is very strange I don't know how I behave because you know I don't care about anything now and even if you know now I can work with actors I don't like. Ah, uh, once you can, I don't want to say abuse them, but you can put, if you don't like them, you can put them and push them. Or, yeah, 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 but no, I don't know, you know, I am so used to, 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 to this scientific approach to everything that, you know, I always evaluate risks and, but in a, I don't know, in a crazy way, you know, when mm -hmm. the goal is crazy, when you evaluate risks, but mm -hmm. with a crazy goal in mind, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's a strange process because the, the goal is crazy. But you know the process, the processors, you know, the process to get this crazy goal. It becomes also scientific, like if it was on the edit. So, and I make abstraction of everything I don't like now. Right. I am not bothered by anything. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I am bothered by everything. I don't know. It changed a little bit. Maybe you know some actors that well, one actor that died, disappeared, and some of the crew that you know, it's the logic of the group. Some people left, left because they were more conventional. You know, people mm -hmm. when it's 40, 45, you know, they start to make a living or whatever. You know, couple kids or. I don't know, crazy problems in mind, I don't know. And this changed a little bit, maybe, the one. But because we really live so outside and forgettable moments that, you know, you will never, you know, it will never be described as, you know, as wonderfully as it was lived. So, yeah. even if you write a book or whatever. But, uh, I don't know, now I am cynical in the sense that um, I am only obsessed with the aesthetic goal. You know, to keep it crazy, of course, to keep it innocent, because the innocence, it's... I don't know, it's like the fuel of the thing, because it's uh, the, the gasoline, you know, mm -hmm. of the thing. And uh, I am always quite innocent, and, uh, but, you know, it's a strange balance. It's darker. I don't know if it's because of this film, last film, we should, that the subject is darker, that everything became... It was violent fights in that shooting. 
I'm wondering about psychological. I wonder about there's a, there's two things that I like. I'd be very fascinated in seeing. I know you've kind of done sort of not exactly a making of film, mm. but I think it would be very fascinating to see a film of you making a film. Mm. Uh, in fact, that might even you know be of equal interest just to watch your process yeah. and how you I, because I love seeing behind the scenes too. I did that. one film. Yes, I did a. You should check this film. Mm -hmm. it was a commission of the CCSB in Barcelona. Uh -huh. It's called Lord Make Wonders of Me. Yes. You have to check it. It's yes, a. I, I can send you a link. Yeah. Right. It's on. It has a bonus in some DVDs, but uh -huh. I have it as a link. Uh -huh. yeah, and right. it's about this. It's yes. about a film about myself shooting yes. a film. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can get some ideas there. Mm -hmm. And it's like a Joker film, mm -hmm. because I like the idea that ah, this this is the way we shoot films. So you can apply this to all my films. Yeah. Because well, it's a strange film because we are shooting, but you never realize what we are shooting. Oh, yeah. You see that people is preparing for shooting, stalking, mm -hmm. recording sound, but you never see the camera. So mm -hmm. slowly, gradually, you realize that the film they are shooting is the film you are seeing. Yes. It's not there is no other, not another film. And so for the reason, it's like a Joker film, you know, that yeah. the reality behind you can apply to all films. Yeah. You know, this film that, pre that, that, that I pretend to shoot, you know, can be. It doesn't matter which one of mm -hmm. all I made. So it, it's the the spirit is, you know, it's that the spirit and it's fixed forever. So I think that you will love that film. Oh, I really would like to see. I'm sorry that I hadn't. I, I, yeah. I'd read something yeah, about it. Yeah, it's difficult to see. Uh, uh, no, I always love that, and I like the idea that you don't see the the film because then you're the, you're always engaging yeah. the imagination of the audience. You will see. Yes. You will see. It's very. Yeah, you know the great fans of my work. You know they all they love this film a lot. Yes. You know I have almost two or three people. They say it's my best film. All right. I will not say that, but uh, I like it very much, and people you know really enjoy a different experience than the experience that they have with the other films. I was wondering, as you go back, because I heard this, you know, innocence or the purity or the honesty of performance, and I wonder how much do you feel that does that draw upon your your upbringing, your childhood was in Ban you grew up yeah, in Yeah, yeah, small village, yeah. Small. Do you think that that is some? Does that how does that influence your your process and and what you're a looking lot, for? In people? A lot, yeah. a lot, because since the beginning, you know, we decided to make films with the people I like. You know, and this was a personal decision, not looking for the help of professional people. Uh, even at the technical level, okay, we're lucky because of digital technology that appeared at the same time. And you could learn from internet, whatever, everything, you know. Well, it was not internet at that time, but, I mean, started to be everything a little bit more accessible, uh, the information. And, I mean, I was lucky because with this idea of rejecting any kind of professional, uh, a professional person in our team, that we can do everything on our own and uh, ourselves, just you know, checking on the internet or just you know, mm -hmm. thinking about it uh, cl deeply, closely, and finding solutions on our own. You know, and this spirit has uh, has been linked with the people that was around me at that time, the people that helped me to do it, mm -hmm. and all these people came from that area almost. Right. Not all, but almost. Have they stayed with you, or some of them have stayed? Yes, yes, most of them. Wow. But some, there has been some lost, you know, uh, some people that, especially one, I have, uh, you know, I appreciate a lot, and I don't know, psychologically, it was not very stable, I think, and he decided to quit. He was still in some films helping us two years ago, three, but, you know, always, but it was one of the, the edit the films at the beginning with me, oh, helped yeah. me a lot. But now, I don't know, it's in a different mood and doesn't want to work. He has no family, nothing, but, I don't know. I know that some people left because of the ease of family, but still, you know. I know new people that, you know, some new people that get in that were younger, but they feel the ambience, you know, the real ambience. So they, they, they were totally contaminated by that, and, you know, at the end they are like if they were there since the beginning now. But they were not, because they arrived a little bit later. I don't know, it's difficult to keep this spirit alive, because, you know, I, I feel that now it's very difficult because of the, inter the mobile phones, smartphones. Oh, they're so distracted. Yeah, I yeah, see so them. Distracted. I work with students. This is, a, this is the most uh, destructive uh, scene, technology or thing I have seen in my life. I mean, it's addict. It's so addictive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's you know it's physically addictive. Yeah. So it's it's like uh, it's like physically you know mm -hmm. it's like a drug. It's like yeah. uh, so, uh, and people you know all the nice things they did you know all the deepness of some mm -hmm. relations, some reactions, so you know. So perception of time, you know, mm -hmm. so there is things that simply take time. Yes, you cannot avoid. You cannot dread. To, I don't know. I was reading Chartres de Parma, no, that's by Stendhal for the third time in my life. No, oh. and you cannot read it in 
one hour. Even yeah. if you are the more intelligent, the most intelligent man in the world, no. you cannot read it in one hour. There is no time. So there is. And, and they expect I, things to be cut down to Twitter. Yeah, say it's yeah. insane. You can. Then there is things that simply take time, and mm -hmm. if you don't use this time to do it, it's not the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's there is no experience, and the experience is not deep, and there is no feel, not the same feeling. It's another thing. I don't know. For example, cinematographer was not using the mobile phone during, the, you know, they left some people. Yeah. They left the mobile phone in the room of the hotel. But yeah. still, it's not the same thing because when they arrive at the hotel, they start checking all the message, all the things, and you know. And in the past, it didn't exist. You know, we did all our films without this. And even in the last, uh, because one we shoot in Romania, there was no no cover. That is the story uh -huh. of my dad. The singularity that has the masterpiece. There was no net. Also, we shoot it in Ireland, but in a remote area of Ireland. That there was I lived no... in Ireland for many years. I'm ah, part yeah? Irish. Like? Yes. Where? Uh, I lived in Dublin. I know all around the country. I'm part Irish. I have that. Yeah. Irish well, yeah. but I really love the country. So I was there, and it has been incredible memories. I want to buy a house there. Well, I don't mm -hmm. like to buy, but yeah. yeah. What's interesting? I, it has flaws as well you know but it's uh you know there oh, there's farming communities around there but there, i think that the art of conversation is very much alive in I mean, ireland yes, yes of course in the bus yeah. they don't have mobile phones and yeah. people it's not like this you know yeah. especially in the countryside yeah in the big cities maybe but uh, on the young people but there there was no and we're shooting this singularity project that was for the venice biennale of art mm. that was you know it's for me it's my masterpiece and uh, uh this is a story of my dad and um we're shooting there and we're so happy because there was no net, nothing, and in the bar, nobody, you know, it was another, you know, it was really like the beginning of when we started to shoot. Mm -hmm. And now it's sad. People, you know, it's absurd because to complain about something you cannot change, it's a global trend, you know, it's, it's, it's absurd to, to complain. But, well, uh, it changed a lot. I don't know, it's objective, so I, I'm not complaining, I'm just saying the thing. Because uh, now I, I was following myself a book that is very important, Catherine Price, you know, that it's called uh, How to Break Up with Your Phone, that it's a very important oh, right. book that changed my life. Okay. I was not never addicted because I don't have social net, I don't have anything. Yeah. But, you know, for me it was very strange because I only had the stock market mm -hmm. because I had so much stocks. But if you, if what you said, uh, I have a stock market, okay? But in the last years, in the last five or six or seven or eight years, I have never sold one single stock. It yeah. means that I am not trading. Yes. <laughs> you know, just, you know, when I wear some money, you know, uh -huh. and I am paid for some job, mm -hmm. you know, just simply, I, you know, I grab some stocks, but, yeah. you know, the very big companies, you know, even not thinking crazy things, you know, yeah. Nestle or Amazon yeah. or, you know, super big companies, not, yeah. not, not risky, not, not being inside, right. you know, and simply, you know, since I had the, this smartphone, this iPhone, uh, uh, when, you know, with this app of stocks, yes. I was checking five times per day. Oh. What was going on with the stocks when I never saw one single, you know? I yes. spent without the smartphone, you know, months without checking, even in the internet, how the, the stocks were performing yeah. before. And now it was filled, you know, and you, what you said, it's physical. And imagine the people that has, you know, all the nets, Instagrams and Facebooks and Twitters and all oh. these things. They have to be, must be, you know, the brain destroyed. And this book explains everything very well. Um, not here because I am traveling, and when I am traveling, obviously the smartphone is very useful. Because yeah, just for maps, that's all for me. Maps and yeah. Other things, uh, but uh, at home now I use another phone, so. Oh, okay. I just put it on mute. Yeah, yeah. I put it on no, mute. I mean, it's if always you put it mute. On, it's, yeah, it's on mute, and so. But you, you, you check. I mean, you check it, and you cannot avoid it. Mm. You cannot, uh, and it's this the story of things, no. and it's the most destructive technology has never appeared in us since uh, you know ages or centuries. I mean, you know, people is very pessimistic about that, how destroy the brain and, you know, concentration and the, the deepness of some experience, mental and physical experience that we will not be able to, to, to experience anymore, you know, some yeah. people. Um, I grew up, I mean, I imagine like you, reading books, reading, you how know, How old difficult. are you? Oh, sorry, so it's not I think we're close to the same so age. I was uh, 75, I was born in 75. 76, I am. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we grew yeah, up. Yeah, we were growing up without it, even, yeah. you know, there was no internet, no L Looking no at paintings phones, and yeah. all these kind of things that, if you really engage with a yeah. film, it wasn't all explained to us in sound bites. Um, no, and the, and the key point is that it's the idea of, that for me was very important and still nowadays. Yeah. The idea of getting bored. Yes. Only things appear when you are bored. Right, because you have to imagine. Yeah, of course yes. you can start because if you are all the time with how do how, you know people don't remember the last time they get bored because now they are they have one moment it doesn't matter in the metro whatever and they check on the mobile phone and it's very funny if you have Instagram or internet mm. or the news or whatever yeah. no so you don't spend one single moment of boredness because mm -hmm. you know you you have access to entertainment and you know nice entertainment 
in mm -hmm. the in the so and but no nothing appeared you know so it's in many ways it can be and my films are, are like this you know the process of making it is a little bit the same process that things take time to appear mm -hmm. and you know you have to you get you have to get bored and you have to you know spend some time and it has to be a little bit violent and it has to be a little bit like uh, it has to you have to feel a little bit the shame you know, and only with the shame, only with the time, only with the, of, you know, being there and more and more and some things that are good, some are bad, but avoiding the critical judgment, you know, mm -hmm. and with this, but always, you know, with this goal of having fun at the end, mm -hmm. you know, and in this mix that is what it should be, you know, real life, uh, as if we were a little bit, you know, successful artists with a little bit of money, mm -hmm. you know, this, and this ambience, no? it's like the privilege of, of having this life concentrated in some days, not the whole life, but... Uh, in some days, and but it takes time. It takes. It's not easy, the, you know, the things to appear. It's not easy. It's, it will never appear if we if we were following the script because or if we were I don't know, you know. It, it has. You need some moments of, of real, of real, you know, the real disorient, disorienting, uh, you know, mood, you know, that you don't know which is the right. And these moments is when you know, the, some hidden gems, psychological and uh, you know, dramatic gems can appear. Yeah, I think we need those empty spaces, yeah. you know, and then, you know, could even hear our own thoughts. Yeah. You know, how do you know what you're thinking? If yeah. I really don't understand how people, not that I, I mean, I love to write, but I feel like people, if they can't sit down and read a book. If right. they've, There's some people who just can't do that now, really. Yeah. And if they've never done that. A lot that, of people can do that. Yes. Even people that was, they were supposed to do it and they were doing when I was younger, people very close to me, they don't do it anymore. Yes. And they how do you destroyed. know you're thinking? If you can't know how to write, yeah. if you can't know... They, they are destroyed. Yes. The brain is destroyed. I yeah. see it in myself. Yeah. Imagine that I have the will and that I know the problem, yeah. and I try to obviously keep yeah. on the, the way. Imagine in the people that don't see themselves, like don't don't judge themselves, or that they are totally upset. I mean, it's, but it's a sad well, it is a subject, but it does relate to your work because, and in a way, you're well, they're, they're recovering the experience. You know, the idea yeah. of it doesn't matter which one, but to, to feel something different. Yes, and you know, and something that you cannot feel it in another way. It's what I said because there was an actor that the other day was so so happy to be a friend of mine of Banyolas that they said that I just came one two days in a previous film, but then I said oh maybe you should come and play a role in this film the whole shooting, and okay he came he was so happy and he said at the end of the shooting we came back to Banyolas said this was a present of life you know this was a gift you no know, for of life because to spend these three weeks and these things because he he is sixty he's sixty one sixty 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 one. And you know, he's very good looking. He looked like my Jimmy Jagger. And, uh, and he, he started a relation with one of the girls of the shooting. You know that it's uh, 30 or it was 31 or 30. So I don't know until which point this. You know, <laughs> what until <laughs> which point you get closer. But uh, but you know, but it was a spontaneous. So and it's in the middle of a shooting, and the other was actress, and this was actor too, and you know, and I don't know things happen like this. But then I, I thought. He told me it's like a gift, no? A gift of life. What you gave me because you know to, to be the possibility to live these three weeks, this ambience, blah blah blah. And I said yes. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. You cannot buy it artificially, because mm -hmm. this kind of ambience you cannot create it with mm -hmm. money. You know, yeah. it has to. You know, it has to pass through the spontaneity of real people and real goals and real fun and real. You know, you cannot buy it artificially. You cannot create it. If it's not, you know, with the real soul of the people inside, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Yes, I do. So, so for me, it was very, you know, it was very shocking this idea that mm, I was not very shocking because we all know and I think about this a lot of times. But there's still the idea because nowadays everybody is so obsessed also with money and everything that money really is useless to buy these sensations. Mm -hmm. You know that you can. It doesn't matter how much money you have, you will never be able to buy these sensations. You know that money is totally useless for this. So I don't know. For me, when I said when I said it to him. It was even joking for me because we are so used to this hierarchy of money that nowadays is more visible than ever, mm -hmm. and it looks like that money can give you the pleasure, no, of, of a lot of things, and it can't make you feel alive. Yeah, it can way. make us feel good. I don't mm -hmm. know, but you know, some things cannot buy. You know, it's incredible. And it was so when I said it like with this open sentence there in the, with him and me, just and he also was choking seconds. It's an obvious idea. I mean, it's a it's a ridiculous idea, but you know, just to remind you. How lucky you were because you had something that even money cannot buy, you know. Yeah. I like a, a, a book about surrealists. Oh, yes. uh, a book, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, who wrote it in Spanish. I don't know. That, the title was uh, Dreams Money Can Buy. 
Ah, right. You know? Oh, okay. You know, so it's a little bit like this, you know. Well, there are two things. I'd like to know what your dreams are like. I'd also like to talk about if you, some of the filmmakers or other artists in different domains that you admire and learned from. Writers, mostly. Yes. Uh, writers. That, uh, you know, the will of some writers is what inspired me more. Mm. Uh, try to emulate the, the same mm. kind of will and strength and discipline. Okay. This was the main uh, the main thing. And okay, some chaotic artists, I like Bacon, yes. I like Dali, I like the Warhol, yeah. I like all these people that are creating a mess around them, yes. you know, because of fun. The fun mm -hmm. they, they create and uh, how much fun they give to other people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is very generous uh, from right. there, you know. And I don't know, but writers, you know, compromise with the compromise of uh, with your own writing. It's so hard because it's an isolated activity and it's so strong and it's so difficult to hold and it's all the time so time-consuming and time, you know, and, uh, you know, challenging your self-confidence all the time and, you know, so this I really learn about. Some other writers uh, like they, they have this compromise. I wonder just if you could finish it like a, like a quick question to round up, because yeah. this is an educational initiative and so I do like to ask, even though you've spoken about it, how you feel we might change our education models to embrace... Um, creativity and to encourage uh, I think it's a little bit contradictory but all my experience in life gave me you know this idea that if we try to do it for the majority of the people if we are talking to try to you know create some kind of education for an elite maybe the percentage will be different but if we discuss the idea of trying to create you know some improvements on education but based on the average and to the total community uh, my experience tells me that only you know it's discipline and work and you know come back to the hard work you know and, and coming Boot back camp to, for yeah, to, yeah and go to, uh, coming back to the to the roots and the roots are a written language you know it's where everything is processed in mind and all the philosophy of 20th century you know philosophy of linguistics and language teach us that if you are not able to express yourself you know in a writing it's because you don't think you know only the things we express is we understand only the things we are able to express through the language, through the right of language. So here is the basis of everything. And to come back to this idea, I think it's the most important thing. And for example, me, you know, I learned to deal this formalist approach to images I have, you know, it came from literature and I learned everything, you know, because of the you know, of the right of language, of the precision of poetry, of the double sense, of the, you know, hundreds of meanings that, you know, one single word on one verse can contain. The same for the images. So that this inner ambiguity of the potentiality of the language, you know, the the richness, the extremely richness. You can only learn, you know, the richness of images of other things, the, the ambiguity of life, if you previously have understand the richness of right and language. It's the only way that your brain can really teach you something useful. To make sense of the details. Yeah, to make sense of the details and the ambiguity. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the mystery, the mystery behind, you know, the inner ambiguity of a lot of things. And then, you know, all you did, you experienced this with, with poetry, for example, or with very complex romance, then novel, novels, you yes. know, very complex long novels that, you know, there the complexity comes through time and through, you know, several processes in your brain and in a different, in different scale. But the process is the same, you know, to, to accept this inner ambiguity and to go, ambiguity that can go to the absurdity or can go, you know, to the metaphysical, you know, blindness or, I don't know, it can mm -hmm. spread in a lot of senses. But to, to really go back to understand this, it's a not the roots are on the right language and on the classical humanistic approach to, to, to humanistic uh, studies so and you know I don't know it's simple for me it's simple for you but I think yeah I think we are losing touch because I was, I, was, I was born and I was you know I grew up with this idea when I was in, in a school you know at my time you know when you were 18 you know you received you had received already you know such a good amount of of knowledge nowadays, people that is in the university and yeah. to, to, you know that are in second degree in university or third, yeah. they are you know less school debated than people before at seventeen years old. So, yeah. and they are more stupid and they are not able even to. If you don't know how to write it, you don't know how to think it. It's simple for me. Yes, I think in some ways the technology has been, well, been good for your process, yeah. but sometimes when yeah. be, it's been a, a tool that's been not used me, against young people. Uh, not for another. Yeah. I like that in Amazon, for example, on the board. They all, they all, all time ask to, to write their, you know, their points of view. Yes. Jeff Bezos says, okay, these are, you know, we have to discuss this, this, and this. Okay, let's go oh. and come back in one hour and a half, and everybody has to write them. Yes. What their point of view, but write them. Yeah, it's true. There is something about when you write by hand or through yeah. type. There's yeah. a difference. Because you only, if you write it, you think it.
Thank you very much, Albert Sarah, for adding your voice to the creative process. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being part of your ongoing, never-ending conversation works. Thank you. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Taya Peradovic. Digital Media Coordinator is Yu Young Lee. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Anadolis and performed by the Athenian Trio. Has this interview sparked your creative process? If so, you can submit your creative works to submissions at creativeprocess.info for an opportunity to be included in the projection elements of our exhibition, Traveling to Leading Universities, or published on our website, www.creativeprocess.info. Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info.